This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. I'm your host, Alex Bernard, editor for Top Crop Manager East, and today we're speaking with Christine O'Reilly. Forage and Grazing Specialist with the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food, and Rural Affairs, also known as OMEFRA. Today we will be discussing the 2022 season for forage crops, how it's going so far, and specifically, alfalfa weevil and potato leafhopper. Enjoy! It's a busy time of year for you folks, so I imagine it's good to be out in the field when you can. Yeah, I mean, every year we're always working around the weather, but yeah, the weather we've got really depends where in the province you are. That's so, true. You're stationed in Lindsay, I think I read? Yeah, I'm based out of the Lindsay office. Okay. So aside from a derecho, the weather's been pretty cooperative this year, knock on wood. Otherwise, the weather's been, well, how has it been for the forage crops? And that really does depend where you are. So, I mean, things overwintered really well here, kind of central eastern Ontario, the counties just east of the GTA. Things looked fantastic coming out of winter. Even further east, you know, normally we get a lot of winter kill kind of Ottawa Valley area, just something to do with their soil type and their microclimate. But it didn't sound like it was any worse than normal out there, which is always good news. So this year it was the southwest's turn. Got some reports in from kind of Oxford, Lambton, Elgin counties, where we had higher than average winter kill. Um, Some fields where there was some tile run issues with winter kill. So it looked good over the tile. And then in between the tiles, things were struggling quite a bit. So Probably just down to weather, how we had freeze-thaw patterns, if there was any ice in fields, that kind of thing over the winter. But yeah, it was the southwest that kind of got knocked a bit on winter kill. What challenges have you seen growers having this year in terms of like weather, input availability, and pests and diseases? Again, that kind of depends where in the province you are. The northwest has had an extremely wet spring, so just saturated soils the wet weather is kind of delaying their first cut somewhat and affected their turnout dates a little bit in terms of pastures. Kind of a big turnaround from last year's drought up there. Yeah, kind of the polar opposite. But aside from that, I mean, most other parts of the province have had pretty good conditions this spring. We did have a bit of a cool start, but that's not necessarily a bad thing on our forages. Grasses can handle cool conditions very well. Alfalfa, may have been a little bit delayed in its development compared to normal years, just because it likes a little bit more warmth than the grasses do. But no, nothing nothing jumping out weather-wise in terms of, of challenges once you get outside of northwestern Ontario. I've heard alfalfa weevils making news this year. What is alfalfa weevil and what makes it a tricky pest? Yeah, so alfalfa weevil, as an adult, it's a type of snout beetle. So it's a beetle, but it's really the larvae that do the most damage to alfalfa. So they eat the leaves. They actually eat the leaves between the veins. So up close, it tends to get described as skeletonization. So because they're feeding on the, the leaf tissue between the veins and the leaf, you just have all these these little leaf veins left over and it looks kind of skeletal. <laughs> uh, so it's a very literal description of what it looks like. From a distance, a field that has heavy alfalfa weevil feeding will actually look grayish in color. It'll have like a gray or silver tinge to it. And usually it's it's the feeding damage that people notice first. So it's not a pest that you're likely to see hopping around or flying around or whatever. People will notice there's feeding damage first and then start to take a closer look. 
but because the leaves are both the most nutritious part of the plant and a big chunk of our yield, that's why alfalfa weevil can be a bit of a double whammy. It's taking both yield and quality away by feeding on those leaves. I've also heard tell of potato leafhopper, especially with the storms coming through. What can you tell us about that one? Yeah, so potato leafhopper, it's usually the most damaging alfalfa pest that we get in Ontario, and they don't overwinter here. So that's why as we start seeing summer thunderstorms roll through, we start talking about looking for leafhopper because they blow in from the southern U.S. on those storm fronts. So once they land in our alfalfa fields, they start to multiply and there will be several generations before killing frost wipes them out. So that's very different from our alfalfa weevils. Weevils typically only have one generation. We're typically just looking for them coming up to first cut and on the regrowth that will become our second cut. That's usually when weevils are most prevalent, whereas potato leafhopper, once they arrive in late May or early June, they're here for the rest of the growing season. So very different scouting windows in terms of when we're looking for these pests. So the leafhoppers, they feed by sucking juices out of alfalfa leaves. And so usually the damage that you'll see is the leaves start to turn yellow, but they turn yellow in a very specific sort of V-shape. So the tip of the leaf in a V-shape pattern will start to yellow. They call that hopper burn. And what's happening is basically a compound in the potato leafhopper spit seals off the vascular system of the plant, which means that sugars aren't moving down and water's not moving up. And it's the water that's not moving up from the roots that really is what affects that crop so badly. So if we get very heavy potato leafhopper feeding, because all the pipes inside the plant have sealed off, the plant is stunted, it's not gonna grow anymore. And so usually by the time we really start seeing a lot of hopper burn, you, you've already lost the rest of the growth potential for that cut. And if it gets very extreme, like there's kind of a sweet spot where you can tell that it's hopper burn because once that wilting really starts to kick in, that yellowing becomes oranging and bronzing and it starts to wilt. So very often potato leaf hopper damage gets confused with drought stress. The second most common thing it gets confused with is a boron deficiency. But most often, most of the time when we see that, those kinds of symptoms in the summer, it's usually potato leaf hopper damage. Okay very different. So I imagine these answers will differ, but what sort of pest management options are available and what should growers know about how to use them and when to use them? So the first thing is knowing how to scout. Scouting is really the only way to know if you've got a problem and if that problem is severe enough that really management needs to step in and and do something about it. So like I said before, people tend to notice alfalfa weevil feeding before they actually find weevils. So you can use a sweep net to just find out whether you've got weevils. So just by sweeping it through the crop, just to see if they're there, Um, but really to assess whether they're at threshold, you need a clean bucket. So the idea is to walk through the field in a zigzag pattern and you want to collect 30 stems, either by cutting them off at ground level or breaking them off at the base and put them inside ideally a white bucket. So the idea is that once you've got your 30 stems, you're gonna shake them really hard against the sides of the bucket to knock all of the weevil larva off of the plant material that you've collected. So we're really looking for what the insect people call third and fourth stage instar larva. So they are the bigger ones. 
Um, first and second instars are very small. They tend to be a lighter color, so pale yellow or light green. But the third and fourth instar, though that's the stage that does the most damage because they're the bigger larva. They're very hungry, they're growing fast, and they eat a lot. So they're green in color. They've got a black head and a white stripe down the center of their back. So you're looking for these larvae. The idea is if you have two to three of those larvae per stem. So you've collected 30. If you've got kind of 60 to 90 in your bucket, you're definitely at threshold. The other thing you want to look for is how many stems have been eaten. Okay, so, so we're looking for 40% tip feeding. So that's not 40% of the stems are gone or the leaves on the stems are gone. It means 40% of the stems have some sign of feeding on them. Important distinction there. But the idea is if you've got more than two to three weevils per stem and you've got 40% or more tip feeding, that's threshold. So what that means is if you are more than seven to 10 days away from when you would want to cut that hay crop, that's when you would consider using an insecticide. If you're less than seven to 10 days from when you plan to cut the crop, cut it early is how we would manage that. Okay, now is it a pest that if, will cutting it remove the pest or eliminate that issue or will it kind of continue on? So for both alfalfa weevil and for potato leaf hopper, cutting is our preferred control method okay. because it takes away the food source for these insects and that knocks back the population quite a bit. The other reason that insecticides really should be our last resort is that these forage fields are home to a lot of really beneficial insects. And many of these beneficials help keep our pests under control. So while yes, there may be pests in the field, part of why they're not completely damaging the crop is because they've got predators, they've got parasites, they've got all these other things living in that forage field that help keep them in check. So when we spray an insecticide on a hay field, yes, we're taking out the pest insect, but we're also taking out some of those other things. So it is somewhat of a risk that if you do spray an insecticide, you may have a, another insect problem later in the field. Maybe it's the same pest you sprayed for, maybe it's something else. But because we're also knocking back other things that we want in that field, that's why insecticides are a last resort, is if we've, ideally if we've cut and we're still above threshold after a few weeks, um, that's usually when we start looking at those insecticide options is because cutting wasn't enough, but cutting is choice. Okay, good to know. And good to know that there are beneficials out there helping us out. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, that's scouting for the weevils. And I can give you some links for your show notes for um, thresholds, action thresholds for weevils. We've got that information in OMAFRA's Agronomy Guide for Field Crops. We also post that information on fieldcropnews.com. So those are two great sources to look for for scouting, not only alfalfa pests, but all kinds of other field crop pests as well. This episode is sponsored by AgDirect Hail Insurance. There's no way to undo hail after it happens. That's why AgDirect Hail Insurance is committed to providing prairie farmers with better rates, superior customer service, and more effective policies that keep you covered before disaster strikes. Don't wait until after it's too late. Start protecting your investment today with industry-leading coverage from agdirecthail.com. 
for potato leafhopper? How would you advise scouting and kind of what thresholds are we looking for? Yeah, so potato leafhopper scouting is different. Um, we're going to be using a sweep net for that. So the standard 15 inch diameter sweep nets. So the idea is to go to about five different spots of the field. You want to take note of the height of the alfalfa crop because our threshold for leafhoppers changes with the height of the crop. So take note of the height and then you want to do 10 sweeps in each area. So a sweep for potato leafhopper is one arc that's 180 degrees. So whether you start on your right side or your left side, you're going to take that net and sweep it through the crop until you're on the other side of your body. That is one sweep. Different insect pests, depending on how the thresholds were developed, sometimes a sweep will be like there and back. So two 180 degree arcs, but with leafhoppers, it's just one. So one 180 degree arc, you do that 10 times and you look in your net and you count how many leafhoppers are in there. So they are very small, bright green wedge-shaped insects. I find they're most likely to be confused with aphids, but aphids looking down at them tend to be rounder. They're sort of pear-shaped. Very often you can see aphids legs from above with the naked eye. You don't need a lens to see them, whereas leafhoppers, their legs are so tiny. <laughs> they're just little wedges. It's very difficult to see leafhopper legs from above without a hand lens or maybe I just need to wear my glasses more. But. <laughs> um, so yeah, the other thing about identifying leafhoppers is they will hop sideways and occasionally backwards, I think, but they definitely hop sideways, whereas other pests only move forwards. So if they're moving in other directions, unexpected directions, that's probably a leafhopper. So what you want to do is make sure after you take your sweeps, you close that net so that they don't escape, but then gradually open it up and start counting how many leafhoppers you've got in there. Then because you took 10 sweeps, you want to get an average per sweep, so you divide by 10. And that average is what you're going to use against the threshold chart. So for example, if your alfalfa is 25 centimeters tall, so 10 inches tall, if you have one adult potato leafhopper or nymph, which is an immature potato leafhopper per sweep, that's threshold. So one or more is your threshold if it's 10 inches tall. If it's 14 inches tall, you're looking at two adults or nymphs. And we've got some thresholds for some lower heights as well. So it changes with the height of the crop because a bigger crop is better able to withstand potato leafhopper feeding. So yeah, you want to repeat that sweep process in five areas of the field. And again, cutting is the preferred control. So if you're above threshold, ideally cut it. If it's too far away from cutting, you may have to spray. There is one other option for managing potato leafhopper that we don't have for alfalfa weevil. And that is there are potato leafhopper resistant varieties of alfalfa available. So these varieties are bred conventionally and they have very tiny hairs all over their leaves. And once the crop is established and is an older plant, seedlings don't express the trait, but once it's a little bit older, you'll get these tiny, tiny, tiny little hairs on the leaves. And that helps protect the plant from potato leafhopper feeding. So several seed companies in Ontario offer potato leafhopper resistant varieties. So it's a matter of asking your seed supplier, but they tend to be well worth it in particularly the Niagara Lake Erie area often has very heavy potato leafhopper pressure, but we also see it kind of in any county 
that borders the north shore of, of the Great Lakes. So anything kind of just north of Lake Erie or Lake Ontario, we tend to get a lot of potato leafhopper pressure through there. So if you're not planning to scout for leafhopper, maybe consider putting in a resistant variety so that you know past the seeding year you've got extra protection because the threshold for control increases four times. Just they're that much more tolerant of leafhoppers because it's harder for the leafhoppers to feed. I mean, that's an excellent degree of protection right there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it makes sense that the, the areas bordering the Great Lakes would have the worst just because storms are always going over those lakes. Yep, they're blowing in from the south and that's the first place where they would land. Yeah. Are there diseases that folks should be watching for at this point? I mean, alfalfa can get some diseases, but it's... It's more the, the insect pests. That we have. The, yeah, the, the insects tend to be a bigger issue in terms of robbing yield. When it comes to diseases, there can be a yield impact, there can be a quality impact. But if you look back at research purely on forage quality and the return on investment for spraying a fungicide, it's kind of a coin toss. Maybe half the time the fungicide application pays for itself. However, that research did elaborate on what factors really make it more likely that a fungicide is going to be worthwhile. So those four factors are if you have a variety that is not resistant to the disease in question. So variety selection, again, is so important to really make sure that you're stacking the odds in your favor. But if resistance to that disease is not available in the genetics, so that's one risk factor. If you've got high yield potential on that crop, that'll help make sure fungicide would pay for itself. If you've got a long harvest interval, so if it's kind of 35 days between cuts, So first cut was one where we usually have a very long harvest interval from when that crop starts growing to when we cut it. Very often is more than 35 days. Once you get into harvest, that really depends on the farm. Many farms go shorter than that, but long harvest interval is the third one. And the fourth one, and this is the most important, is are the weather conditions conducive to disease development? Typically that is warm and wet weather. Not always, but typically. So if you have all of the other three factors, but you don't have the weather that's promoting disease development, you're probably not going to get a big enough boost in quality to justify applying a fungicide. So there's a lot of factors to weigh out when it comes to figuring out whether a fungicide is appropriate and worth the money to put on alfalfa. Because in this trial, they looked at they looked at the crop response and then they ran a bunch of scenarios at different price points for hay. And even with a very high value like even with high hay prices, you still had to have all of those other factors at play to really maximize the chance that it was going to be worthwhile. So from a pure feed quality perspective, that's kind of where the research has landed. Okay. That's very good to know because having those four distinct categories and especially that one kind of definitive one makes it an Mm -hmm. easier decision. Are there any other pests that you foresee coming down the line this summer? I mean, we've covered the main ones. There's, There's always a chance for something else. And I suppose, again, we get into these regional things because Ontario is such a big province. But the far eastern part of Ontario, we do know that alfalfa snout beetle is there. It's an invasive pest and it can cause a lot of damage. So very often snout beetle damage gets confused with winter kill because even though a lot of that damage actually happens in the fall, we don't notice it until we're scouting those fields in the spring. So fields that Maybe it looks like winter kill, but it's actually on the top of a knoll instead of at the low-lying spots. If you're somewhere east of Kingston, 
that could very well be snout beetle damage. We did get a lot of reports earlier this spring of adults migrating. So they walk, they don't fly. It's, it's another beetle, but this one doesn't fly. They just walk. So they were walking from field to field spreading, but it's a two-year life cycle. So it's not a pest that we see every year and it spends so much of its life cycle underground as an egg and then as a larva. So the damage is from the larva again, because they're super hungry and they'll girdle your tap roots. So they're killing these plants from below, but it's only kind of once every two years that we get to see the adults and go, oh, okay, we have an infestation here because they do spend so much time underground. They can be a lot harder to spot. Got to keep you on your toes, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> is there anything else that either a grower should know or that you'd like to add at this point? Yeah, I think just reiterating that for those those foliar pests, so alfalfa weevil and potato leaf hopper, cutting is our first choice just so that we don't have other insect problems later in the year. But we've got some resources available on how to check those thresholds, how to scout, and just keep scouting those fields. I mean, like I said, weevils tend to be a just before first cut and feeding on the brand new regrowth that will be second cut kind of a problem. That's usually when we see them because it's kind of a one generation per year. But leafhoppers, they're here, they're hanging out in your fields, they're, they're starting to multiply. So that's one that we start scouting now and perfect world, scouting once a week from now until the first killing frost. So yeah, they're here, they're one to watch. If you think it's get a sweep net or a dark colored baseball cap and just go out and start just to see if you can find them because uh, it's, it's one that is very frequently misidentified. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts.